The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the On Point with Victor Show. I am Victor Armendariz, uh, the Mexican, not afraid to be American. American, I tell you, not afraid, not afraid. Uh, there's a lot to get to today, folks. I, I won't dilly dally. <laughs> What's that saying? Dilly dally, whatever that saying is. Um, we'll get to a lot of the news today, and I know you're all excited about to hear what I have to say about last night. Look, folks, I <laughs> I called it yesterday. If you guys are uh, following me on social media, and and if you don't, you should. Um, not because I get on social media that much, because I don't. Uh, but I have an also look. I'm going to tell you a secret. Um, I have a a a wonderful wonderful person. Uh, she's great, absolutely great, and she uh, helps me a lot. Let's just put it this way: she helps me a lot. <laughs> with my social media because I don't want I can't stand social media folks I really can't uh but but when when you do what I do and 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 you're on the you know whether it's here or whether I'm filling in for Eric or or filling in for someone else um on top of that with with everything else that I do uh it's just tough to stay on top of of social media and if I don't have social media then I won't continue to move up the ranks of talk radio because folks listen I I I I am not up high on the totem pole. Um, yes, I may fill in for Eric Erickson on a national sh- show. Yes, I may fill in for other people. And yes, my show here, the On Point with Victor show, is heard in in just about all 50 states around the country and also uh, outside the country. Uh, but still, <laughs> to make it in radio, it is not easy. And uh, I've still got a ways to go. So until I make it to the top of the totem pole, um, I have to do several things other than radio, which which <laughs> makes it hard to stick with social media because every program director, every program director wants to know how many people are following you. And it just it's annoying. It really is. But unfortunately, it's the reality of today. It's not it doesn't matter. This is a sad part. It matters not that everybody who listens to me will inundate radio stations and ask for me to be on more and 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 requests for me doesn't matter program directors want to see how many social media followers you followers you have and then they'll consider putting you on it's crazy it's crazy so so you can help me folks uh spread the word of the, of the show go connect with my social media uh, i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i'm on uh, that twitter thing that's now called x um i and i'm on uh, tiktok you know i'm on most places so if you if you if you have a favorite social media and you don't see me let me know um, you can always contact the show at uh, uh, victor at America's web radio.com victor at America's web radio.com uh, you can always be a part of the show that way now look you guys know I don't normally take phone calls um, I don't I, I do when I fill in for Eric and other shows like that but for here for this show we have a I have a limited time with you guys I have a limited time to on air here and uh, I I you guys need to hear what I, I have to say so um, that's that's why I don't do guests and I don't things like do things like that. But I want you guys. I got, I got a special treat for you today. I um, so just stay tuned. Stay tuned today because you're going to get a special treat. Um, now let's let me let me move on. Uh, so yesterday, if you're the reason why I started talking about social media. So yesterday, I I put out a post that said what, basically what what I thought was going to happen last night, and I said that um, listen, and this is what happened. 
uh, the snow came, the freezing temperatures came, the voters came, and Trump crushed it. I said yesterday, listen, the people of Iowa have been voting in f- sub-zero freezing uh, snowy weather for decades and decades. Last night was nothing new to them. The cold weather and the snow was nothing new to them. So I had no doubt that the crowds would come out, and they did come out. Now, I, it, it was not um, – I was having a discussion last night with some friends, and, and I thought for a while it was it was going to be a record-breaking turnout, but it wasn't. It was a good turnout. I mean, considering that it was – I don't think the temperatures got above zero in Iowa yesterday, and they darn sure didn't get above zero last night um, while everybody went out to caucus. So, uh, but when it's that cold, you're probably not going to get a record turnout. So, uh, so it wasn't a record turnout, but it was a good turnout. And, uh, and I will tell you this, uh, if, if you hear a stu- there's a stupid narrative going around today and, or talking point that some, uh, uh some people on the left are putting out saying that Trump somehow, and, and listen folks, get used to this. Get used to this because Joe Biden, the dementia patient in the White House, and the Democrat Party, they have nothing to run on. They can't run on an economy because it sucks. They can't run on Bidenomics because it sucks. They can't run on gas prices. They can't run on food prices. They can't run on the inflation. They can't run on anything. They can't run on, on peace in the world because there's not. There's chaos in the world. They can't run on uh, peacetime because there's not. Joe Biden's already got us into two or three wars, and a big war is on the brink. No one's talking about this except for a few talk show hosts other than myself, and I'm going to talk about it today. But ladies and gentlemen, we're on the brink of of, of right now on the brink, and I, I am not saying this with hyperbole or using hyperbole, and I'm not trying to fear monger. But we here in the United States have got to understand the kind of peril that we're in right now in 2024 and why it's going to be so important to throw the Democrats out of office. And I mean starting with the dementia patient in the White House. We need to take him out of the White House retirement home and put him in a real retirement home. And there's a whole lot of other Democrats and and maybe some Republicans, too, that need to be thrown out of office. Because right now we are on the brink of a war, and this is this isn't just World War Three, folks. This could be three and four. I I mean it's 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 sad. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but but you've got to understand the gravity of the situation right now, of which Biden and the Democrat policies have caused. They're causing this. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Every one of you out there now who is going to vote later this year in November, every one of you, you were alive in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. You were alive in Donald Trump's first presidency. None of this happened. None of this was happening. Russia wasn't attacking anybody. And, uh, China wasn't talking about taking over Taiwan. And, and, uh, North Korea, while they were sitting there all too happy to be friends with Trump. And Iran, well, Iran was just crying because they were out of money and they were losing. Every time one of their little leaders popped his head up and said something stupid, Donald Trump knocked it off. (laughs) So they weren't doing anything. And then, as if that wasn't enough, good enough, Donald J. Trump actually sat in the Middle East with, with, with the leader of Israel, the leader of some other nations in the Middle East, and they, they formed the Abraham Accords. And there was peace in the Middle East like we haven't seen before. And we were headed, we were headed to a place in the Middle East that the establishment people in Washington told you wasn't possible. 
But it was possible, and it is possible, and Donald Trump showed it was possible. Look, I don't care what you feel about Donald Trump. I, I don't care. And, and, and was he my first choice? No. Was he my favorite guy? No. Did he have some incredible policies and outperform, uh, more big time? Yes, he sure did. He sure did. He, he sure pleasantly surprised me from 2016 to 2020. He sure did. His first term was amazing. Had it not been for the China virus, we probably wouldn't be in the mess we're in now because Donald Trump would have been reelected. But we're not going to rehash that. We're not going to rehash. We cannot look at the past. We must look at the forward. We must look future in the future or towards the future. But I'm just telling you, uh, you cannot have a pulse <laughs> and not understand that when Donald J. Trump was president, there was peace in the world. Donald J. Trump was the first president in modern history to not get us into a new war, not get us into a new conflict. That was Trump. You remember the Democrats? They told you, oh, Donald Trump's chaos. Donald Trump's going to bring World War Three. Donald Trump's going to bring a nuclear war. Donald Trump did none of that. Donald Trump brought peace. But what did Joe Biden? They told you and they told me, they told all of us that Joe Brandon Biden, the dementia patient, was going to bring normalcy back to the White House. If this is normalcy, bring me back the Trump China bull in the China shop. Wait, I, I said that wrong. The China. No, the bull in the China shop. Ah, Whatever that is saying is uh, bring that back to me, because if peace is chaos and war is peace, then I then I want chaos. Uh, I, I mean, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, every one of you that are going to go to the polls in November, you were alive in 2016, 17, 18, and 19, and you saw the peace that Donald Trump was bringing to the world. And yes, Donald Trump was doing that. Donald Trump had some darn good policies, ladies and gentlemen, darn good policies. Don't care what you think about him. And they told you, they told you, they told us with a straight face. Republicans and Democrats told us with a straight face, if you just kick Donald Trump out, Joe Biden, he'll bring back normalcy. He's the old grandfather. Oh, how bad can he do? How bad can he do? You know, you know that movie? <laughs> you know, there's a movie out there. This is a funny movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. And I cannot remember the other dude. Uh, funny guy, though. And uh, they uh, mistakenly took a gay cruise. And when they found out it was a gay cruise, the guy looks at uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. Jr. looks at the guy and he, his friend and he goes, oh, come on. How gay can a gay cruise be? <laughs> well, <laughs> how bad can it get with Joe Biden? Well, we're finding out, unfortunately. But they told us that Joe Brandon Biden, the dementia patient, would bring normalcy to the White House. They told you. That Joe Biden would just be old granddad. He would just be good old granddad. He would be good old granddad in the, in the White House and things would be normal. Yeah, you'd have high taxes. Yeah, you'd have a shrinking economy. Uh, yeah, you'll have some never-ending wars. But everybody will be making money. The elitists will make money. The stock market will make money. The defense contractors will make money. The establishment will get their have their playpen undisturbed by outsiders like Trump. Um, we'll continue to fool the American people that that's just not how Washington works. We just can't get things done in Washington. It takes a long time to get things done in Washington. That's what they've been telling you for years. And then along comes Donald Trump, the businessman from the outside, who shows you we can get things done. You just got to have the right people. And you just got to shut down the red tape. Now, look, I know I'm throwing a lot of things at you folks, but this is the reality. This is where we are. Joe Biden has been president for three years, going on year number four. And we have a war between Russia and Ukraine that's sucking us dry. We have North Korea rattling their savers now. Iran is firing missiles. 
Yes, you heard me. You're not hearing this reporting on the news. Go look it up. Iran fired some missiles. Iran almost hit an American embassy with a missile today or yesterday. This is happening, folks. There's there's turmoil in the world. And China, China, whose economy is on on toothpicks, is is talking and talking more and more and more and basically telling the dementia patient, we're going to take Taiwan. We're going to take Taiwan. And let me tell you something. This is why you need to believe what China's saying. Whether you know it or not, because they won't report it, China's economy is on is on toothpicks. China is not a world uh, a, a safe economy. That economy is on toothpicks. If we could crush China in a heartbeat just economically if we would do the right things here. We really could. And I don't mean crush in a bad way or hurting people or anything like that or, or war. I'm just telling you economically, we could keep China in their place. We could actually probably start to get them to move away from communism. And we could do it all economically. We could do it all economically. But we're not. So what does a despot do? What does a despot communist leader do? And you have history, folks, to tell you this story. History is riddled with this. And if we would learn from history, we might stop repeating it. But when you get somebody like China, a communist despot leader and an authoritarian commie nut job like the guy who leads China, and you put their backs up against the wall with an economy that's about that's on the brink. Because what what happens when a bad economy and you have a billion something people? Well, the people start to go. Maybe we need to rise up. Maybe we need to cause some some pressure on these government leaders. And they don't want that. They don't want that. So what do they do? They go to war. They go to war. They go to war to rally the people. They go to war to rally all the young men that are out of work. That's what a despot does. That's what a communist, uh, no good leader does. And that's where the direction that China's headed. So folks, we aren't just headed to World War III right now. We're headed to World War III and four and, and who knows what else. Joe Biden has put us in a horrible place. Horrible place. The Democrats are all too happy to do it. All too happy to do it. So, it's time to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to wake up now. <laughs> I said all that, and I really wasn't going to get into all that right away, but but it's all pertinent to to what happened last night. So, like I said, the cold came, the snow came, the voters came, and Donald J. Trump crushed it last night. So, I listen, I know some of you out there do not like Donald Trump. Some of you don't like him because you're part of the elite or whatever in Washington and you don't want Trump peeing in your toy box like he did the first time because it exposes too much. It exposes your, your, your nice little game. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason that so many people who do not have a lot of money go to Washington and suddenly they're rich beyond their, their wildest dreams. That shouldn't happen, ladies and gentlemen. That should not happen. You go to Washington to serve the people. You go to Washington to represent. You don't go to Washington to play favors, to to engage in crony capitalism, and uh, and 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 become just rich, rich, rich off the backs of the taxpayers of the American of the American people. But that's what goes on. And that's and Donald Trump went there his first term and went, <laughs> wait a minute, we're gonna we're gonna put a stop to this. We're going to actually work for the people. We're going to actually have results for the people. We're going to actually do what we promise. And, and he did. And again, listen, folks, I, I, I will be honest to tell you, Donald Trump was not my first choice. 
but he really, really overperformed, in my opinion, uh, his first term. And now here we are. We had the Iowa caucus last night. Now I don't think a Republican has ever won with 50 more, 50 percent or more of the caucus. And Donald Trump did that last night. Now I'm going to tell you a headline that nobody else is going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something that no one else will tell you. Last night wasn't just a Trump victory. Last night was a MAGA victory. <laughs> MAGA came in second place. Not Ron DeSantis, not Nikki Haley, but MAGA. And here's why. Here's why. And, and listen, what I'm about to say, what I'm about to say right now is going to send a whole lot of Democrats and a whole lot of, uh, uh, Democrat voters and, um, it's going to send them to their cry closet, but I'm all too happy to do it. But last night's result, Listen, it took 30 minutes or less for them to declare Donald Trump the winner last night. Are you, are you understand this? There was a message sent last night. Now again, I, 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 if, if you don't like Trump, and I understand, I do. Well, I don't, but I, but I kinda do. Um, I, I get it if you're part of Washington. If you're a lobbyist, if you're part of K Street, if you make your money because of the establishment that is Washington, then you don't like Trump. I get it. I get it. You don't want somebody pissing on your gravy train. I get it. Um, if you're a warmonger or you're a defense contractor or you, or, or you're just one of those politicians who just loves a never ending war because somehow it's going to benefit you. You don't like Trump. I get it. I get it. You don't like Trump. I understand. If you're a progressive, you're a progressive nut job out there who, who, who every time you look in the mirror, you're not sure what pronoun to call yourself. <laughs> I get it. You don't like Trump. I get it. If you want to groom children or, or, or uh, for some reason you're, you're a, you're a dude that wants to be half naked dressed up like a woman and you want to prance in front of, uh, second graders, third graders and fourth graders. I get it. You don't like Trump. I get it. I get it. I, I do. I do. If you're just somebody out there, who have been convinced by somebody in the establishment or or you're just maybe you just you're just one of those people who get anxiety easily and you've bought into the media and you just watch Trump and you think oh he's just too he's just too wild he's too wild it makes me it makes me anxious well you know what turn off the TV don't watch it turn off the TV because you know darn well you were better off when that Trump was when he was president. So he might have been wild and chaotic and mean and made some mean tweets or whatever it is that you don't like, whatever causes you anxiety, whatever you think, you think this guy's a bozo, whatever. And let me tell you something. You don't get to where Donald Trump is by being stupid. You don't get to Donald Trump where Donald Trump is by being dumb. So don't use that tag. Don't even try that because you yourself sound kind of dumb. When you accuse Trump of being dumb, he's not. You cannot like him because of his style. You cannot like him because of his methods. You can say he doesn't have character. You can say he lacks character. You can say all of those things. And, and is Donald Trump the best moral person? Can you know? Of, of course not. But if you yourself have had some transgressions or you yourself can look in the mirror and say you haven't had a divorce or you haven't this, that or the other, then maybe you shouldn't be throwing so many stones at Trump. All right. I'm just saying I'm just I want you to just to to evaluate what's going on, because even though and 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 I will admit this, you guys who've listened to my show, you know that a few not just a few months ago, I was still on the Ron DeSantis train. 
I was under that belief of, well, we have too many people that are wishy-washy about Trump. I would rather move on from Trump and get somebody who's young and vibrant and can and can win. And and I kind of thought that for a while. And, and I also and and I still listen, folks. I and and a lot of the, some of the Trump voters get mad at me because I still say this. And and but I'm just I will always be honest with you. I will always be honest with my listeners. Now. Would it be nice to not have an octogenarian in the White House? Yes. Would it be nice to pass the baton to somebody who's early 40s who can re- go for a strong eight years and be a young, and bring young, nice, conservative, libertarian freedom issues to the forefront and fight hard? Yeah, it'd be nice. It would be nice. It would be nice. But that's not where we are right now, folks. And I live in reality. I live in reality. The, the, the voter base and the American people, uh, maybe not all of them, but at least on the Republican side right now, the voter base, they want Donald Trump. And let me tell you why, or at least one reason. Because what, what, what pushed me back to Donald Trump and, and, and I, it's not, I was never not with Trump. I could always be okay with Trump. I'm, I'm fine with Trump. I'm fine with Ron DeSantis. I would be fine with Vivek and I would be fine with Nikki Haley. Now, Nikki Haley's not my first, second or third choice. Understand that. You guys know how I feel. I feel she's too connected to the establishment. Nikki Haley is your typical Jeb Bush or, or, or George Bush Republican or John McCain Republican or Mitt Romney, or maybe not as bad as Mitt Romney and John McCain, but she is an establishment candidate. She's, she's a big war. Let's lob some missiles to solve this. She's that kind of Republican. She's going to spend a little less, but not, you know, than, than, but she won't cut spending. She's going to secure the border a little bit, but she won't shut the border. I mean, it's just big. She's a, a, a um, what is that chamber? The business chamber, uh, commerce chamber of commerce type Republican. Okay, but she would be a whole lot better than anything the Democrats have. So I would be okay with Haley. Uh, so understand that. So understand that I am in this fight because I love America. Uh, I can't wait to go. I would crawl through glass to vote for the Republican candidate because I love America. I want to save this country from the Democrats because today's Democrat Party is not the Kennedy Democrat Party. So for me, this is not about Trump. This is about the United States. And what I see Biden doing right now, folks, I am telling you, go do some research for yourself. Go do a duck, duck, go search and see what Iran is doing. See the missiles that we didn't even know they had. We didn't even know Iran had the capability to hit where they hit, where they landed a missile just today or this morning or yesterday, almost hitting an American United States consulate. You understand me. If you hear me right, you need to go look these stories up because you're not going to hear them reported. The media won't report them because they're afraid it's going to help Trump. Now, analyze that for yourself. Analyze that for yourself. The media so wants power to stay with the Democrats, and the Democrats so want to keep power. They don't care about the American people being in danger. They don't care about our military being in danger. Because they just want to secure power. And the media is all too willing to help. When we can see, if you open your eyes and see what Iran's doing, what North Korea's doing, what Russia's doing, what China's doing, we are not in a good place. We are in a world of chaos and on the brink of a big, big, big war. And Joe Biden caused this. The Democrats caused this. Donald Trump didn't cause this. Donald Trump had nothing to do with this. You can't even blame the Republican Party on this. Maybe you can blame a couple of Republicans who side with Democrats. But this is Democrat mess. These are the Democrats that got us in this mess in under three years. 
you give them another four years, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to be bogged down in an ugly, ugly war. And what comes with an ugly war other than, than loss of life? A crashing economy. I look, folks. I don't want to be doom and gloom. I don't want to sound that way. I don't want to sound fear, fear, fearful. But we're not in a great place right now. So if you're struggling about supporting Donald Trump, you need to look in the mirror and really ask yourself: Out of these two parties right now, Donald Trump and the Republicans, or Biden and the Democrats, or Newsom and whoever it's going to be, because ladies and gentlemen, it's probably not Biden is probably not going to be the nominee when when we get to the 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 uh, conventions in a few months. I don't see how Biden can be the nominee, and the the more Trump gains and the more popularity he gets and the more uh, coalescing the Republican Party does. Uh, and the more the polls, the polling averages, again, watch the polling averages, not the polls. Don't watch the individual polls. Watch the averages. The more those averages show Donald Trump beating Biden, the, the Democrats will lose their mind. They will panic. They will overcorrect. And they're going to start they're, – they're, they're, they'll find a way to get rid of Biden. I don't know how they're going to do it um, because they don't want Kamala either. They want Gavin Newsom. They want Michelle Obama. Uh, I mean, it's if they could have Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom as her uh, the Great White Hope VP, they would do it. They would do it in a heartbeat. But Jill Biden ain't about to let go of this power right now, folks. Jill Biden's not going to let this power go. She's not going to let it go. And and folks, I don't know if you saw this the other day. But uh, Joe Biden landed. I don't remember where they landed, but uh, they got Jill and Joe got off the plane. Jill Biden stood there for a second. Joe Biden, the dementia patient, <clears throat> started. Look, he looked like he had no idea where he was, let alone who he was. He was looking off. He was the, the look on his face was clearly the look of a dementia patient having a bad moment. And Jill Biden. She saw, look at the video folks. She caught a glimpse of this and took off. She basically ran to the car. Now why did she do that? Why didn't she grab Joe Biden's arm and lead him away and bring him back to reality? Why didn't she do that? I will tell you why. Because had she done that, it would have been all over the social media that she had to take Biden and show him where to go. She had to rescue him. She wasn't going to do that. She wasn't about to do that because it would have been all over social media and then Biden's numbers would fall even further. And Jill Biden, she's already allowing her husband to be abused. So you think she's going to go rescue him? No. Jill Biden's thinking, if I do that, it's going to look horrible on social media. That's going to hurt our chances for, for, for keeping power. I'm going to take off and go like I didn't see that. And then what happened? She left Joe Biden standing there, looking in the sky, looking around like he had no idea who he was or where he was with with one of the uh, our military guys standing there going, oh, my. Look at the face of our military guy. Look at the face on him because he's sitting there going, what is wrong with this dude? And then Joe Biden looks at him. He leans over to him and says something to him. And then the look on the, our, our soldier's face was just it, it just looked like a look of disbelief. And then he gets Joe Biden's arm and leads him towards the car and is telling him something like, okay, you got to go over here, Mr. President. Go this way, Mr. President. And Joe Biden looked confused as confused could be. And he finally got to the car and, and a handler came out and got Joe and put him in the car. Joe Biden is not well. And shame on Jill Biden. Shame on her. Uh, I know she's only a doctor of education. 
uh, poor education at that. But my goodness, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. I actually feel bad for Joe Biden. I feel bad because they're abusing the elderly. Uh, but folks, Joe Biden is not gonna, I, I don't see how he can be the nominee. So we'll see what the Democrats do. But right now, uh, folks, after what happened last night, um, and listen, what I was gonna tell you, this is what I'm saying. This is what's gonna send, send a lot of Democrats to the cry closet. Last night was a victory for MAGA. Okay. If you look, Donald Trump got 51%. Now that was historic. The turnout wasn't historic, but his victory was historic. Donald Trump got 51% of the vote. 51%. Ron DeSantis got 21, 22%. So if you combine those, see, what the media is going to try to do is they're going to combine Ron DeSantis and they're going to combine Nikki Haley and they're going to say, oh, look, they were, if you combine those two, they were within 10 points of Trump. That's not the thing to do, folks. And this is what the media is scared about. And this is why they're going to run to their cry closets after I tell you the proper way to look at this, the proper way to analyze this. The way to analyze this is not to say DeSantis and Haley, if we add those together, we're 10 points within Trump. No. Ron DeSantis voters are overwhelmingly going to go to Trump, not Nikki Haley, not Nikki Haley. So Ron DeSantis and, and the two hatest men in Washington right now are Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. The two people that Washington, absolutely, the bureaucracy that is Washington, the two men that they do not want to be president, they absolutely don't want to be president, is Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Okay, those two are the Make America Great agenda guys. Those two are the Make America Great policy guys. So the way to analyze this is last night, it wasn't just that Donald Trump got 51% or Ron DeSantis came in second with 22%. No, the way to look at it is MAGA, Make America Great Again policies, Make America Great Again agenda, the Make America Great Again voter won last night with a... 73, what is it? 73, 70, yeah, about 73%. That's the way to analyze this. If you take Donald Trump's 51%, you take Ron DeSantis' 21 or so percent, you're looking at 73 plus percentage points for the MAGA candidate. Okay? That's what we're looking at, folks. That's what we're looking at. That's the way to look at this. And that's amazing, folks. That's amazing. So, um, David, do we need to take a break? We'll take a very quick break. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we will take a quick break here. When we come back, I got a treat for you. So don't go away. You guys come back. This is the On Point with Victor Show. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the On Point with Victor show. This is the America's Web Radio Station. So I've got a treat for you guys. Um, we got a caller here from uh, Atlanta. Uh, is this a, a caller? What's your name? Matt Paisold. I just wanted you to say your last name because I can't say it. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a little difficult, uh, but it turns out just like it's spelled, Paisold. Perfect, perfect. Well, Matt, I, uh, I'm glad you called in today. So, uh, I, I, I wanted to talk to you. You are a, uh, or, or you're a retired Air Force, is that correct? Yep, retired, uh, June of 22. Oh, man, that's great. So, you flew my favorite, absolute favorite plane in the Air Force's arsenal, and that's an A-10, uh, Thunderbolt. Is that correct? Yeah, the, Thunderbolt 2, the Warthog, yeah. Man, I, so I just wanna, I, I, I wanna break away a little bit of all the craziness with politics. I just wanna hear from you and, and you tell the listeners because I, we have, so one thing, uh, about America's Web Radio is we're veteran owned and, um, we have veteran shows and we, we're, we're just all about the veterans. So we have a lot of veterans who listen to the show. And this is a good and, time to point out the fact that we're giving an AR-15 style <laughs> weapon away to a veteran. That's right, David. And, and, uh, Matt, David here, and ladies and gentlemen, that's David the legend, uh, who happens to also be the owner of America's Web Radio and veteran of the United States Army. Um, and Matt, this is something too. When we get done with the phone call, go to our website because you as a veteran can sign up, uh, if you want to take a crack at winning an AR-15 that, uh, David was just mentioning because we are having a contest here at the radio station for, uh, veterans and veterans only, uh, to give you a sure. chance to win an AR-15. So, so definitely check it out. Uh, and any other veterans out there listening to me right now, if you haven't gone to the website yet, go to americaswebradio.com. Make sure you sign up to try and win this AR-15. Look, it's awesome. It's awesome. If David would let me get my hands on it i'd walk out the door with it but uh, david is a smart man and he won't let me touch it <laughs> so uh, so matt um t- tell me real quick so my I, my question right now i well first of all where were you deployed to um can you talk about a little bit on on the some of the deployments that you had where you got to take this amazing uh flying machine and just rip up some ground with it sure um i did uh I think it was five deployments. They sort of, sort of, they start to run together after, after that many and a few whiskeys and some age. But, um, now the first one was 2008 to, uh, Bagram Air Force Base or Air Base in Afghanistan. I did Bagram a couple times. We did Kandahar. Uh, we did Iraq and Syria flying out of Turkey. Um, and then I was stationed at almost a total of three years in Korea. Doesn't count as a deployment, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun actually. Wow, oh that's great. So I when you're flying the Warthog, and and I I love that plane because of its durability. Uh, it, it's the way it can you know it's a close range. Um, you can engage close range, but, but the durability of that plane. I mean, I have seen those planes land with practically one wing. Uh, were you ever in a position like that where you took fire and had to land that thing with some holes in it? No, that uh, that hasn't happened in a, a little while. I mean, every once in a while we come back and uh, the crew chiefs would find a bullet hole where somebody got lucky in Afghanistan, but um, <laughs> nothing nothing serious ever happened to me like that. Wow! I, so when you're when you're out or when you were when you were out there um, 
and you're you're had you know you had to go perform a mission. What was it like when you came up on the target and unloaded that cannon? I, I mean, were you were did you do you have to stay constantly full throttle to fire that thing, or or how? I mean, how does that work, or what does it feel like? So it's not well. I don't know. This might sound cliche, but like we do a lot of training. We do a lot of training. I would shoot the gun almost every flight. I was stationed uh, in uh, Germany. I was stationed in Korea. I was stationed in Tucson, Arizona, and then most recently down at Moody Air Force Base in Valdosta. And hmm. the range down at Moody was small, but it was three miles away from our ops desk. So we would shoot the gun almost every time we flew. Um, and when you get when you get proficient at shooting it, uh, flying it in combat is not actually all that, that different because we do a good job simulating high stress scenarios in training. And so you get out in combat and it's, it's not, it's not really any different. It's basically uh, as routine. Far as employing it, you, you, you train to it so often. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you train to it where your, your actual weapons delivery is almost second second nature it becomes almost subconscious you're more worried about where are the friendlies where mm-hmm. where is the target going after i hit it what's the follow-on uh, attack going to be um and you're not as worried with what are, what are my parameters what's where's my throttles what's my airspeed because you practice that so much wow no that makes total sense to me uh, i mean i get it um when you train and train and i've trained in other areas and and things like that and i um you're 100%, I, I, at least in the areas that I've been in, it does become second nature. I mean, people ask me questions about certain things, and, and, and I just tell them it's second nature. I don't even think about it. So that's what it – so I, I, I can see that. I can see that's amazing. So what was your – you know, talking about weapons delivery, what was your favorite weapon on the, on the A-10? Or munition, uh, I should say. I, I mean, you're the, – the gun's just so flexible. Um so it's it's gotta it's gotta be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Any A ten pilot who really honestly says something different, I, I would probably question them. <laughs> uh, but we didn't get to shoot Maverick missiles very often, so that was a lot of fun. Mm. Rockets are so flexible, um, and it's just cool shooting something that's going to hit hit the ground and and uh, go boom, uh, which is really nice. Laser guided rockets added a, a great capability to the arsenal a few years ago. So. Wow. Um, those are almost, uh, they were, they were a game changer and underutilized for sure. But, um, I don't know. They're, it's all fun. I'll tell you the most boring thing we did, which was often the most requested, was just dropping JDAMs. <laughs> oh, the wow. Last, the last JDAM I dropped, I can say this now that I'm retired, but the last JDAM I dropped in combat, I did with the autopilot on. Like, <laughs> it's just boring. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, so Matt, let me ask you. Um, I, I won't get into too much politics or anything. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, unless you want to, you know, if you have any opinion on what's going on today, please, I, I'd love to hear it. Um, but I, you know, I never make my guests talk politics if they don't want to. Um, but I, I would be curious 
what is your point of view? You know, I talked today a little bit about the chaos that's going on with with Russia, Ukraine, and China threatening Taiwan, and uh, North Korea rattling its sabers, and then Iran sh- taking pop shots at at, at b- shipping boats. And now, I don't know if you heard, but Iran fired a, 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 a pretty capable missile at a very long distance and almost hit an American embassy. Um, so what, oh, I had not heard that. Yeah, that just happened. Uh, it was either last night or this morning. And okay. uh, so we, we basically just found out a new capability that Iran has that we didn't know before, or at least we the, we the uh, humble citizen didn't know. Um, but as you see things going on in the, in the world right now with, with the conflicts and, and the kind of chaos, uh, what, what it costs, I mean, now that you're out of the um, military, what do you, how do you see the things that are going on right now? So uh, I don't mind talking politics. So if you're talking about military strength, you're really talking politics, just a different, right. a different aspect of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could talk the, the economic impact as well, and that's still talking politics. So it's all the same. It's just different, mm-hmm. different fingers of the same hand. Right. Um, in the broad sense, I'm not surprised that Iran is doing this and that they're getting more and more bold, and I don't think they're going to stop. Uh, as Israel's attentions are diverted, um, and our attentions are diverted, and our uh, apparent weakness is is becoming more and more apparent, uh, I think, throughout more of the mainstream uh, world, if you will, then um, I'm, not in, I'm not surprised that it's in, invigorating other people. China is going to, it's not, in my mind, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they uh, try to take back Taiwan. Um, Russia was emboldened to do what they're doing, and China's certainly watching. So this is this is an unstable time for the world, for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, not a, it's not, there's no rosy picture. There's no good answer right now, either. Right. It's kind of hard to paint a rosy picture. Now, I totally get it. Um, I... Well, actually, I think uh, Legend Dave has a question for you real quick. Go ahead, David. Sure. Yeah. Matt, I have a son that's uh, Air Force, a uh, major in the Air Force, and uh, I haven't gotten a chance to ask him because I don't know how the – I was in the Army. And I know yep. that if I'd gone AWOL for a week, I'd be looking at an Article 15 in my 201 file, and I would have been – I would have cost some stripes. What do you sure. think of Mr. Mason? I'm not familiar. Who's or, Mr. Mason? Or, or not Mason. Uh, no. Secretary of Defense. Um, Austin Lewis. 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 Uh, the, the Secretary of Defense. Secretary. Who, General General Austin. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Not General. We can't call him that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Secretary Austin. We'll stick with uh, Seth Def. <laughs> sure. Def. Uh, <laughs> how would the uh, Air Force have handled a, uh, a wall situation? I mean that. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't go AWOL. You cannot abandon your post. I was I did uh, a year of Army prep school prior to going to the Air Force Academy, so I've got some Army in me as well. And then certainly being an A10 pilot, I'm I'm really more green than blue anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you can't you can't just leave. And certainly if you're in a, a critical position like the Secretary of Defense, to just up and leave without uh, without telling people what's going on and 
and having the press secretary release statements saying that you were fully capable and doing all this from your hospital bed, like <laughs> right. maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it doesn't paint a good picture. It, it sure doesn't. And it, but it, it is typical of this kind of, uh, I almost said leadership, but this kind of lack of leadership that we have with, uh, Joe Biden and his crew. But when you've got a guy like Austin, and here's in Matt, I tell you, it wasn't just with him. You know, Austin was in the hospital, gone, didn't even tell anybody. And when they tried to contact the, um, his, uh, assistant or who, I, I, the, the next in line, they were on vacation, not to be bothered. And then the staff didn't, had no idea. I mean, so I, I, you know, when David uses the term AWOL, that's, that's basically what Austin, what the Lewis did. I, um, I, I just, it, it blows my mind that this kind of yeah. stuff can be, can be just, and, and Biden said, oh no, he's, he's fine. I mean, he'll probably get a promotion after this. And, and nothing's right. gonna, there's no consequence. So what does this do, Matt, for the morale? For the morale of our soldiers who, if they did anything like this, would have the book come down on them, uh, as David mentioned. I mean, gosh, what well, does this so do to our guys? I can answer, I can answer from my perspective and the units that I served in. We, we didn't really look to the Pentagon for leadership. That's not where leaders are. Mm. Um, the leaders in our unit were the lieutenant colonels and below, maybe the 06s and below, and you trusted those guys and, and you bitched up the chain of command, but not down. Um, it, it, it all goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's just, a, it, it's going to embolden our enemies mm-hmm. if, if there's no discipline, if there's no accountability, if there's no consequences for just uh, all of these type of breaking of the rules, it, it's not a great situation. Right, and it, and it just doesn't it just doesn't bode strength when when our adversaries are looking at us, um, and and in the past when they looked at us and gone, okay, we don't want to mess with those those guys. Now, I, I mean, we just look like a laughing stock in many ways. And I think it's it's horrible for guys like you and and the the guys that are still in men and women of yeah. uniform who have to put up with this and it's just sad. I've got two nephews right now and they're they're army. And I you know one of them is really enjoying it because he's uh he's wants to go to sniper school and the other one he he loves it but he's so discouraged with uh with the with the Biden and the Pentagon generals and and I mean it's just I, I don't, I hate it because they, they want to, they enjoy it. They love representing and, and, and defending their country, but yeah. they just can't believe the lead. They can't believe who they have to call commander in chief. Um, which leads so me to, oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Well, that's, that's exactly my situation. I retired at 20 years and three days, but I would have done 30 years because I love the mission. I love the airplane. I love flying. I mean, any day I get to go upside down is a great day. So. <laughs> Inverted. I didn't, I didn't do it any for anybody other in you know not anybody in the Pentagon, nobody in my chain of command, none of the A ten guys who I've ever served with did it for anybody other than the nineteen year old rifle to make sure that he comes home and that he outlives his parents. That was that was the mission, and the A ten is getting old. I mean, the mission close air support's not going anywhere, but the A ten mm-hmm. eventually will have to be retired. Right, but the passion that that I served with and that my fellow A-10 pilots and, and really all of the combat air forces for sure, like 
that's what got us up in the morning, and that's why we stayed late into the night debriefing every little nitnoid mistake of the mission mm. is is for the 19-year-old with a rifle. So that wow. passion is still there. Now, I will tell you personally, I did retire 10-plus years earlier than I wanted to because I refused the COVID shot, and, and I was like, I'm not doing it because mm. this is not the Air Force. When Secretary Austin was confirmed and given a waiver for his time in service after being a general and then going straight to being the civilian leadership, I, I was like, you know what, this is this this military institution organization does not share my same values. It's mm. different than when I got in. So wow. I just couldn't keep stepping up. Man, Matt, I listen. I appreciate you um, being so candid. I, I, I commend you for, for, for taking a stand like that. And, uh, my nephews did the same thing and they were actually dismissed for a while, but they, they brought them back after they dropped that COVID mess. Yeah, um, yeah. and, uh, but they did the same thing. They refused to do it. And, and we lost a lot of good, I mean, we lost men and women like you who we really, really need to be there when, when it, when that time comes. And you're not there now. You're retired or you've moved on because of the political mess that's coming from the current White House. And, and I don't think that gets uh, spoken or, or talked about enough because you just said it. You would have spent an- – you would have given this country another 10 years and put your life on the line. But you would do it with a smile on your face, I bet. Just like you said, you like – you know, nothing like going upside down. And and for you not sure. to be able to do that because the American well enough of the people voted for a dementia patient to be president, and uh, those are my words, folks, not Matt's. Uh, but I, it's just uh, it, it just it blows my mind, I, and I hate that the idea that we're losing some good, some really good people in uniform. Um, because we can't well, afford to lose those to you guys. I've got a buddy. I actually talked to him this morning. He's uh, another A ten pilot. He works out in uh, in the Pacific Command, and so his focus is largely on uh, China. And he and I were talking over the last few Man. months, and he's he's like, you know what? One of the few advantages that we have over our near peer, like in Iran, like uh, Russia, like a China, one of the few advantages is we have a combat air force, and we have a, a military as a whole who is used to deploying, and we have combat experience. We have guys who've been shot at and who have killed in anger, and we are kicking that to the side as if it doesn't really matter uh, in the name of these false these false gods of COVID and DEI and all this other stuff. And, and wow. it, we are very much eroding our one of our true combat uh, advantages. Matt, the next mm. time you talk to your buddy, ask him if he knows the name Graham White. He's the head Graham of... Graham White? White. Yeah, he's the okay. head of the Pacific... Uh, oh wow! Yeah. He's a general white, actually, and uh, okay. he's, his father's a close friend of mine. And uh, his father was in the army and uh, was Colonel White. But Graham is uh, the, in charge of the Pacific. Wow! Well, I bet he doesn't know him, but I bet he walks past his picture every day. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> I tell him you, and uh, Graham is. Graham, I tell you what, Graham. Uh, was wounded and basically had his right arm shot off and uh, he went into surgery and they said we're going to have to amputate 
And uh, Graham told him, over my dead body, you're not taking my arm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he, uh, he has recovered totally and is one heck of a speaker and one nice, nice gentleman. And, uh, That's good. He will even say hello to a grunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Well, Matt, I man, I can't appreciate this enough, Matt. I I um man, I I uh, it's just uh I I hope things get better, but Matt, you know, you mentioned uh, the DEI problem. I don't think people realize what a what a to me DEI is a cancer that has infiltrated uh, our military and 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 Washington, and it's just growing and growing and growing. But you're a hundred percent right, and you put it better than I put it. We've got you. We've got men and women in uniform who've taken fire, and and as you've said, they've killed. Uh, they've killed in anger. And we're pushing this this kind of experience. We're kicking them out, for lack of a better term, kicking them out, making way for transgender story hour, transgender dance night on at the barracks. And uh, right. I, I mean, it, this DEI stuff is going to get people killed if it hasn't gotten a, lo- a lot killed already. And so, Matt, what do you – what do you th- – I mean, where do we go from here, Matt? Because I know – uh, every branch of the military right now is is suffering from uh, uh, attracting, you know, n- new Re- new recruits. Yeah, yeah recruitment. Um, yeah, David, that's exactly right. So, where do we go from here, Matt? Is it going to take a a Trump presidency or a DeSantis presidency or or even um, Nikki Haley? Is it going to take that to to where people would be like, okay, I can come out of retirement or you know, yeah, I, I I don't mind my son going to join or my daughter. I mean, I would say that would be a good first step. Well, we we've got to get somebody back in charge who who uh, looks at leadership as as their responsibility and and not just inclusiveness and making everybody feel good. You want to make people feel good. You you don't need to be in the military. You don't need to have the <laughs> the responsibility, yes. the awesome responsibility of defending mm. the Constitution. Oh my gosh, you're 100 percent, Matt. Matt, I tell you, listen, Matt. I I am honored to have you as a listener. At least I hope you're, you're going to be a listener <laughs> to my yeah. show. And uh, I uh, I'd like to recruit you for vice presidential candidate. Uh, uh, for uh, <laughs> to join uh, what looks like it's going to be Trump. Um, now, nah, Matt, I tell you, man, Matt, thank you so much for the call. Listen, you are welcome at America's Web Radio anytime you want. Uh, if you want to come sit in studio with me and with Legend Dave, we would love to have a veteran roundtable where we can talk maybe. Uh, I know Dave would probably enjoy it. Um, but you're, you listen, you're, you are a lifelong friend of America's Web Radio. Uh, and please go to the website and, and sign up for that AR-15. I, I know, uh, and tell your buddies. Oh, yeah. Style. I'm sorry. AR-15 style. The lawyers, uh, I have to say AR-15 style rifle or the lawyers are going to kick my butt. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, check that out, Matt. And listen, thank you so much for your service. Um, thank you so much for the conversation. And, and, uh, man, I'd love to do this again, Matt, when you got some time. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, all right, folks, that was Matt, and I'm not even going to try to say his last name. <laughs> We're just going to call him Matt, the A-10 Warthog Pilot. Um, I can't imagine how much fun he had. And it's and it doesn't surprise me that, you know, me being an adrenaline junkie like I am, um, 
It doesn't surprise me that one of his, he said the best thing is, uh, anytime you can go upside down, that's a good day. <laughs> so, and I know I've got some, some pilots out there to listen to my show. I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, listening to Matt there. Um, and I know a lot of you guys tune in to hear my analysis on the daily news. You, you want to hear my analysis on what's going on, but listen, every now and then, you know, I've got to talk about motorcycles. You know, I'm going to talk about soccer every now and then I will make uh, producer Brett happy by talking about hockey and, uh, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to break away and talk to any veteran, uh, any veteran. I, I'm just, I, I, listen, folks, I, if you don't appreciate what veterans do for this country, you need to be reeducated. <laughs> or, or you might need a swift uh, boot in the nether reasons. And I will be happy to give that one to you should you need it, if you need that kind of wake-up call. I am not a violent person. I'm a really nice person. Uh, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you see a veteran, thank them. Thank them. You don't know the the bureaucratic crap that they have to deal with. <laughs> you just don't know. Uh, David talks about it sometimes, um, being a veteran of the Army. And, I, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you just don't understand uh, if you've never been in the military or, or you don't follow the military. Um, you just don't understand what, what only about 1% of the population is willing to do in the first place. Um to defend this nation, to put their life on the line, to ladies and gentlemen, it is not, I don't care who you are. It's not easy to take the life of somebody else, but when they're taking blades and shut and, and, and um, sawing heads off of people, they're putting babies in ovens and baking them. Those people deserve to die. They deserve to, uh, to be DRT dead right there. Uh, so, uh, listen, our, our hats are off to, to Matt and his, uh, buddies and fellow A10 pilots and, and all the other veterans out there. Um, you're just amazing people. So, uh, folks, we're getting to the end of the show. I've got more to say. We'll get to it next week, um, about, uh, what happened last night, but just know this, uh, Donald Trump made a statement last night. The voters made a statement last night. MAGA made a statement last night. Um, I, like I said, when you combine Trump and Ron DeSantis, MAGA came out of last night with 73% of the vote. Uh, Trump is going to win the nomination, uh, even if he doesn't take New Hampshire, which he probably will. Folks, don't buy into the media. They're going to hype Haley. Haley got her butt kicked last night, but they're going to hype her like they never hyped a candidate before. They're going to hype Haley as if she were Jeb Bush in the second coming. So uh, I'm just telling you. Uh, and, and again, look, folks, I I, it, I don't not like Haley. I just don't prefer Haley. Uh, we've got a good candidate with Trump. we got a good candidate with Ron DeSantis. Uh, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Be prepared for Donald Trump to choose Haley to be his VP. Don't get mad at Trump. Don't get mad at him. It's not going to be a bad move if he picks Haley. For, again, she's not my first choice, but it's not going to be a bad move, and Trump may have to do it. And I, I just trust me, folks. Don't get mad at Trump. It's not going to be a bad mood, move if he chooses Haley to be his VP because that's probably what's going to happen. All right, folks, stay tuned. Locked and Loaded is up next. We'll see you next week. I'm out. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.